Have you ever received a call or text from a number that you don't know saying that a package you ordered hasn't been delivered because they need just a little bit more information from you? You don't remember ordering a package and then start wondering how this scammer got your number. Well, anytime you go online and accept cookies or buy anything online, websites can keep your data and sell it to data brokers who create a digital ID of you. They can sell this digital ID to the highest bidder, and lo and behold, a bunch of scammers get a ton of information about you that you never agreed to give them. Well, with Ecogni, this is no longer an issue. All you need to do is sign up, and Ecogni will use the GDPR and CCPA and other privacy laws to get these companies to remove your data from their networks, protecting you and your data from scammers and anyone else who wants to use your data against you. Use the link in the description or episode notes and get Ecogni today for $6.49 a month on a one-year plan and protect your data and digital ID. I live in Europe, and it's incredibly easy to travel here. By bus, train, or plane, I can be in any other European country in a matter of hours, for pretty cheap. But while I'm in other countries, I still want to check my emails, check my YouTube analytics, and all that fun stuff. Well, by using Surfshark VPN, I changed my location to France using one of their 3,200 plus servers, and I'm no longer annoyed by thousands of emails from Google freaking out saying, Oh my god, there's a computer in Spain trying to hack you! There isn't Google. It's me. And thanks to Surfshark, I'm no longer bothered by these annoying messages. Use the link in the description or episode notes to get Surfshark VPN today for as little as $2.30 per month on a two-year plan, and log into all your accounts anywhere with zero hassle and no annoying emails. Hello, and welcome to the Essential Reads podcast. I'm Isaac, and my goal is to bring to you a bunch of audiobooks from your favourite classic authors such as Orson Welles, Robert Louis Stevenson, John Steinbeck, and many more. Come join me on this journey to help get these books to the masses in an easy, accessible way. Let's start. The Catcher in the Rye by J.D. Salinger Chapter 4 I didn't have anything special to do, so I went down to the can and chewed the rag with him while I was shaving. We were the only ones in the can because everybody was still down at the game. It was hot as hell, and the windows were all steamy. There were about ten wash bowls, all right against the wall. Stradladder had the middle one. I sat down on the one right next to him and started turning the cold water on and off. This nervous habit I have. Stradladder kept whistling Song of India while he shaved. He had one of those very piercing whistles that are particularly never in tune. And he always picked out some song that's hard to whistle, even if you're a good whistler like Song of India or Slaughter on 10th Avenue. He could really mess up a song. You remember before, I said that Ackley was a slob in his personal habits. Well, so was Stradladder, but in a different way. Stradladder was more of a secret slob. He always looked alright, Stradladder, but, for instance, you should have seen the razor he shaved himself with. It was always rusty as hell and full of lather and hairs and crap. He never cleaned it or anything. He always looked good when he was finished fixing himself up, but he was a secret slob anyway, if you knew him the way I did. The reason he fixed himself up to look good was because he was madly in love with himself. He thought he was the handsomest guy in the Western Hemisphere. He was pretty handsome, too, I'll admit it. But he was mostly the kind of handsome guy that if your parents saw his picture in the yearbook, 
they'd say right away, Who's this boy? I mean, he was mostly a yearbook kind of handsome. I knew a lot of guys at Pensy, I thought were a lot handsomer than Stradladder, but they wouldn't look handsome if you saw them in pictures of the yearbook. They looked like they had big noses, or their ears stuck out. I've had that experience frequently. Anyway, I was sitting on the washbowl next to where Stradladder was shaving, sort of turning the water on and off. I still had my red hunting hat on, with the peak round to the back and all. I already got a bang out of that. Hey, Stradladder said, want to do me a big favor? What? I said, not too enthusiastically. He was always asking you to do him a big favor. You take a very handsome guy, or a guy that thinks he's a real hotshot, and they're always asking you to do them a big favor. Just because they're crazy about themselves, they think you're crazy about them too, and that you're just dying to do them a favor. It's sort of funny in a way. You going out tonight? He said. I might. I might not. I don't know. Why? I got about a hundred pages to read for history Monday, he said. How about writing a composition for me for English? I'll be up the creek if I don't get a goddamn thing in by Monday, the reason I ask. How about it? It was very ironical. It really was. I'm the one that's funking out of the goddamn place, and you're asking me to write your goddamn composition, I said. Yeah, I know. The thing is, though, I'll be up the creek if I don't get it in. Be a buddy-roo, okay? I didn't answer him right away. Suspense is good for some bastards like Stradladder. What on? I said. Anything. Anything descriptive. A room, a house, or something you lived in, or something. You know, just as long as it's as descriptive as hell. He gave it a big yawn while he said that. Which is something that gives me a royal pain in the ass. I mean, if somebody yawns right while they're asking you to do them a goddamn favor. Just don't do it good is all. He said, That son of a bitch Hartzell thinks you're a hotshot in English. He knows you're my roommate. So, I mean, don't stick all the commas in the right place. That's something else that gives me a royal pain. I mean, if you're good at writing compositions and somebody starts talking about commas, Stradladder was always doing that. He wanted you to think that the only reason he was lousy at writing compositions was because he stuck all the commas in the wrong place. He was a little bit like Ackley that way. I once sat next to Ackley in this basketball game. We had a terrific guy on the team, Howie Coyle, that could sink them from the middle of the floor without even touching the backboard or anything. Ackley kept saying the whole goddamn game that Coyle had a perfect build for basketball. God, how I hate that stuff. I got bored sitting on that washbowl after a while, so I backed up a few feet, started doing this tap dance just for the hell of it. I was just amusing myself. I can't really tap dance or anything, but it was a stone floor in the can, and it was good for tap dancing. I started imitating one of those guys in the movies, in one of those musicals. I hate movies like Poison, but I get a bang out of imitating them. Old Stradladder watched me while he was in the mirror shaving. All I need is an audience. I'm an exhibitionist. I'm the goddarn governor's son, I said. I was knocking myself out. Tap dancing all over the place. He doesn't want me to be a tap dancer. He wants me to go to Oxford. But it's in my goddamn blood, tap dancing. Old Stradladder laughed. He didn't have too bad a sense of humor. It's the opening night of the Ziegfeld Follies. I was getting out of breath. I hardly have any wind at all. The leading man can't go on. He's drunk as a bastard. So who'd they get to take his place? Me, that's who. The little old goddamn governor's son. 
Where'd you get that hat? Stradlatter said. He meant my hunting hat. He'd never seen it before. I was out of breath anyway, so I quit horsing around. I took off my hat and looked at it for about the 90th time. I got it in New York this morning for a buck. You like it? Stradlatter nodded. Sharp, he said. He was only flattering me, though, because right away he said, Listen, are you going to write that composition for me? I have to know. If I get the time, I will. If I don't, I won't, I said. I went over and sat down at the washball next to him. Who's your date? I asked him. Fitzgerald? Hell no. I told you. I'm through with that pig. Yeah? Give her to me, boy. No kidding. She's my type. Take her. She's too old for you. All of a sudden, for no good reason, really except that I was in sort of mood for horsing around, I felt like jumping off the washbowl and getting old Stradler and a half Nelson. That's a wrestling hold, in case you don't know, where you get the other guy around the neck and choke him to death if you feel like it. So I did. I landed on him like a goddamn panther. Cut it out, Holden, Christ's sakes, Stradlatter said. He didn't feel like horsing around. He was shaving and all. What do you want to make me do, cut my goddamn head off? I didn't let go, though. I had a pretty good half-Nelson on him. Liberate yourself from my vice-like grip, I said. Jesus Christ! He put down his razor, and all of a sudden jerked his arms up and sort of broke my hold on him. He was a very strong guy. I'm a very weak guy. Now cut out the crap, he said. He started shaving himself all over again. He always shaved himself twice to look gorgeous with his crumbly old razor. Who's your date if it isn't Fitzgerald? I asked him. I sat down on the washbowl next to him again. That Phyllis Smith babe? No, it was supposed to be, but the arrangements got all screwed up. I got Bud Thaw's girl's roommate now. Hey, I almost forgot. She knows you. Who does? I said. My roommate. My date. Yeah? I said. What's her name? I was pretty interested. I'm thinking... Uh, Jean Gallagher? Boy, I nearly dropped dead when he said that. Jane Gallagher? I said. I even got up from the washbowl when he said that. I damn near dropped dead. You're damn right I know her. She practically lived right next door to me the summer before last. She had this big, damn Doberman pincer. That's how I met her. Her dog used to keep coming over in our... You're right in my light, Holden, for Christ's sakes, Stradlatter said. You have to stand right there. Boy, I was excited, though. I really was. Where is she? I asked him. I ought to go down to say hello to her or something. Where is she? In the annex? Yeah. How'd she happen to mention me? Does she go to BM now? She said she might go to Shipley, too. I thought she went to Shipley. How'd she happen to mention me? I was pretty excited. I really was. I don't know, for Christ's sakes. Lift up, will you? You're on my towel, Stradlatter said. I was sitting on a stupid towel. Jane Gallagher, I said. I couldn't get over it. Jesus H. Christ. Old Stradlatter was putting Vitalis in his hair. My Vitalis. She's a dancer, I said. Ballet and all. She used to practice about two hours every day, right in the middle of the hottest weather and all. She was worried it might make her legs lousy, all thick and all. I used to play checkers with her all the time. You used to play what with her all the time? Checkers. Checkers? For Christ's sake! Yeah, she wouldn't move any of her kings. What'd she do when she get a king? She wouldn't move it. She'd just leave it in the back row. 
she'd get them all lined up there in the back row. She'd never use them. She just liked the way they looked when they were all in the back row. Stradletter didn't say anything. That kind of stuff doesn't interest most people. Her mother belonged to the same club we did, I said. I used to caddy once in a while, just make dough. I caddy for her mother a couple of times. She went in around 170 for nine holes. Stradladder wasn't hardly listening. He was combing his gorgeous locks. I ought to go down and at least say hello to her, I said. Why don't you? I will, in a minute. He started parting his hair all over again. It took him about an hour to comb his hair. Her mother and father were divorced. Her mother was married again to some booze hound, I said. Skinny guy with hairy legs. I remember him. He wore shorts all the time. Jane said he was supposed to be a playwright or some goddamn thing. But all I ever saw him do was booze all the time and listen to every goddamn mystery program on the radio. And run around the goddamn house naked with Jane around and all. Yeah? Stradladder said. That really interests him. About the booze hound running around the house naked with Jane around. Stradladder was a very sexy bastard. She had a lousy childhood. I'm not kidding. That didn't interest Stradladder, though. Only the very sexy stuff interested him. Jane Gallagher. Jesus. I couldn't get her off my mind. I really couldn't. I ought to go down and say hello to her, at least. Why the hell don't you, instead of keep saying it, Stradladder said. All in the heat of the can. I walked over to the window, but you couldn't see out of it. It was so steamy from the heat of the can. I'm not in the mood right now, I said. I wasn't, either. You have to be in the mood for those things. I thought she went to Shipley. I could have sworn she went to Shipley. I walked around the can for a while. I didn't have anything else to do. Did she enjoy the game? I said. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Did she tell you we used to play checkers all the time, or anything? I don't know. For Christ's sakes, I only just met her, Stradladder said. He finished combing his goddamn gorgeous hair. He was putting away all his crummy toilet articles. Listen, give her my regards, will ya? Okay, Stradladder said, but I knew he probably wouldn't. You take a guy like Stradladder, they never give your regards to people. He went back to the room, and I stuck around a bit in the can for a while, thinking about old Jane. Then I went back to the room too. Stradladder was putting on his tie in front of the mirror. When I got there, he spent around half his goddamn life in front of the mirror. I sat down in my chair, sort of watched him for a while. Hey, I said. Don't get her kicked out, will ya? Okay. That was one good thing about Stradladder. You didn't have to explain every goddamn little thing with him the way you had to with Ackley. Mostly, I guess, because he wasn't too interested. That's really why. Ackley was different. Ackley was a very nosy bastard. He put on my houndstooth jacket. Jesus now, try not to stretch it all over the place, I said. I only worn it about twice. I won't. Where the hell's my cigarettes? On the desk. He never knew where he'd left anything. Under a muffler. He put them in his coat pocket. My coat pocket. I pulled the peak of my hunting hat around to the front all of a sudden, for a change. I was sort of getting nervous all of a sudden. I'm quite a nervous guy. Listen. Where are you going on that date with her? I asked him. You know yet? I don't know. New York, if we have time. She only signed out for 9.30, for Christ's sakes. 
I didn't like the way he said it, so I said, The reason she did that, she probably just didn't know what a handsome, charming bastard you are. If she'd known, she probably would have signed up for 9.30 in the morning. Goddamn right, Stradlatter said. You couldn't rile him too easily. He was too conceited. No kidding now. Do that composition for me, he said. He had this coat on, and he was all ready to go. Don't knock yourself out for anything, but just make it descriptive as hell, okay? I didn't answer him. I didn't feel like it. All I said was, ask her if she still keeps all her kings in the back row. Okay, Stradlatter said, but I knew he wouldn't. Take it easy now. He banged the hell out of the room. I sat there for about half an hour after he left. I mean, I just sat in my chair, not doing anything. I kept thinking about Jane, and about Stradlatter having a date with her and all. It made me so nervous, I nearly went crazy. I already told you what a sexy bastard Stradlatter was. All of a sudden, Ackley barged back in again, through the damn shower curtains as usual. For once in my stupid life, I was really glad to see him. He took my mind off other stuff. He stuck around till dinner time, talking about all the guys at Pensy that he hated their guts and squeezing this big pimple on his chin. He didn't even use his handkerchief. I don't even think the bastard had a handkerchief, if you want to know the truth. I never saw him use one anyway. Thank you so very much for listening. If you enjoyed, please leave a review. And if you really want to support me, share this chapter with your friends, family, and whoever you feel would enjoy it. And if you really wish to support me, head to my Patreon. The link is in the episode notes. If you choose to follow the podcast, you'll have three new chapters per week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Once again, I thank you for listening. And until next time, bye-bye.